2: The chat is hot already. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Penn State wins uh, 41-13 in maybe the most unsatisfying 41-13 win we've seen in a while. Um, that's hard to do. Concerning, uh, are you concerned about the Penn State offense? Um, once again, the, the, the point totals would say you shouldn't be concerned about the Penn State offense. Um, but it was 10-10 to at halftime. Once again, Penn State uh, plays to an inferior opponent in the first half and then explodes for 17 points in the third quarter, 14 points in the fourth quarter, including a late touchdown by the Nittany Lions. Get closer to the point totals that we all expected coming into the game. And I also want to point out, like, It wasn't just the Blue-White Illustrated staff. You heard Jake Butt, who I think is excellent. I very much enjoyed watching and listening to him on Penn State football broadcast because he knows what he's talking about, and he's telling you about it accurately in real time. To start the game said, this is a game. Penn State should be getting explosive plays. They should come. This is the game. And they never really did. Um, A couple things aside, Keandre Lambert-Smith. Let's start with some good. Four for 86, along a 35. And we talked about yards after contact or yards after catch. Penn State had 116 yards after the catch to make this a palatable performance, I'd say, from Penn State, that they got some of the things that they wanted coming into this game, where if you throw a short pass, you break a tackle. Tyler Warren and um, and uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith were both effective there. Nick Singleton catching an underneath coverage and running into the coverage for 38 extra yards. So Penn State trying to find ways to get explosive plays but they're not necessarily coming hot and heavy. They're not really fast at uh, getting out of the gates once again, something that uh, James Franklin bristled at earlier in this week during a press conference. I should, st- I should pull back and say, Hi, I'm Thomas Frank Carr. This is BWI Live Post Game Show. You are my co-host today. we got people in the chat, uh, some regulars throwing in some donations. They know the drill. If uh, you want me to see your comment and get it on air, I'm trying to talk to you and give you a polished, solid performance and make eye contact with the camera but uh if i glance over and i see that michael McCullen has donated the channel it's in these bright colors i'll go okay i got to get to that question so michael says do we finally see bad drew aller uh like to uh i'd also like to buy the psu fan uh, a drink for enduring these saturdays with us 23rd season of mine um yeah that was bad drew aller i i would yes That was bad Drew Aller. He was controlled and contained. It never gets away from him. But that was inaccurate. That's as inaccurate as we've seen from Drew Aller, again, probably since high school, since I've seen him throw a football where there's been some inconsistencies with his ability to place the ball exactly where he wants it. Missed the touchdown to Theo Johnson. That has been a thing of those end zone kind of going to the back pylon for him has been kind of an issue not throwing necessarily uh in the red zone he has been accurate and thrown some beautiful passes but those not exactly a fade ball but the out routes going to the sideline he's missed a couple of those to theo johnson so far this year they haven't had a great connection in 2023 um and then I think there's a lot of wide receiver miscommunication at times. Dante Cephas still shows he's learning the offense where he's not where Aller expects him to be. That's the second week in a row we've seen that where there's a pure miscommunication. And then bad balls, like just missed, missed throws. Uh, the Keandre Lambert-Smith first down conversion where he's running a crossing route. I struggle with this one because uh, the receiver is supposed to settle into the zone. When it's zone coverage, a receiver settles into the zone. But if you look at the way that the uh, routes were going, there was a route pulling the other zone defender away from where he's supposed to be. So who's right there? That's one of those where the the coaching staff and and the called play and Aller will know. But on the surface level, it looked very much like that was Drew Aller just missing and expecting the receiver to keep running. But okay, so let's step back from that uh, of saying we're not quite sure. The way he threw it, when he threw it, if Keondor Lambert Smith catches that and is running, he's going to get obliterated by Bryce Gallagher. So I think Lambert Smith was right in that situation. So not a good game from Drew Aller. And this is a, I, I think if you were concerned about the Penn State offense coming into this game and not getting explosive plays, we set it up. Like we thought this was going to be the game that they would get those explosive plays. It wasn't like this was an, a situation where Northwestern changed anything dramatically. They had communication breakdowns. I have to go back and watch the film and see if there are actual missed gaps. But they were having communication issues pre-snap. And Penn State didn't seem to take advantage of that with any explosive runs, taking advantage of any broken gaps or anything like that. This this was a team that we said coming in, they're going to be scrappy, they're going to make you work for it, but you should be able to beat them. Penn State was not consistently able to beat them. They had long runs by Trey Potts of 13 and Nick Singleton of 16. And penn state's most dynamic talents on offense the five stars drew aller and nick singleton i said this earlier um, this week of it doesn't seem like those guys play with a lot of athletic hubris i i I, that's i don't want to confirm my priors but drew aller doesn't throw a, a lot of balls over the middle he is content to take the first read if it's there even when it's there again like tyler warren on a crossing route it's there he misses it yes but did he allow the play to develop? Were, you know, were there other options down the field if he lets those develop? It it never gets to that. He takes the correct. I'm not gonna like this is a football sound play, but I'm not gonna. Ri- I'm not going to bet on my arm. Now late in the game, he finally uncorked a couple. Dante Sifah should have caught that a little bit too far out in front of him. Not a perfect pass, but within the realms of could have caught it. Uh, it's just not working. The the second ball. Um. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't remember it specifically. But those back-to-back plays kind of felt like, I'm gonna do it. I'm finally gonna do it. And they do it. And that you know, it's like it's somebody who. Are they comfortable throwing the, that ball? Are they confident throwing that ball? Or are they throwing that ball because they need to? Because this is a situation where if you don't test teams deep, those cover four safeties, those quarter safeties they feel free to to crash in the run game and take away some of the plays. Let's be outraged, Stephen Light says. Um, I think that there's, there's, there's room to be okay. This team is developing an identity that they are going to win 41-13 and it's going to be ugly. I would say the same thing of Michigan. Michigan won 31-7 over Rutgers. They never dominated from the parts of the game that I was watching. They got more explosive plays, sure. But there was never this start to finish, blitzed another team. So if you're if number two team in the country, that's the way they play. Penn State playing like that. So that, I think, is a part of the conversation here. Give me one second. I'm dying. Of course, as soon as I turn the lights on, it's a 1,000 degrees in Octo- basically October in my studio. Uh, KJ Johnson says, Aller looks like Sean Clifford on the road. O-line needs to finish blocks in the running game. Very frustrating. Yes. Uh, before he was injured... And, and left the game on a cart as the uh, TV sh- uh, broadcast showed JB Nelson. Uh, so first off now, both of your starting left guards are down for sure. If you're leaving on a cart, that's, that's, that's a serious issue. We'll monitor that. Of course, James Franklin will be asked about that post game most likely. So blue white illustrated will have uh, James Franklin's post game press conferences here on the channel. Don't miss those. They're going to be very important. We'll get that information to you when it comes out. Um, if it does, you know, like he'll, he might play coy he might not find out but anything that we find out we'll be giving to you Um, but the point here being jb nelson is one of those guys that is a uh the quintessential oh that's an awesome block uh never mind finishing blocks is absolutely right of they are getting hunter norzad jb nelson i think specifically are getting really good movement they're doing a great job on their plays they just need to sustain the blocks for a second longer And here's another conversation. We we talk about Drew Aller. This was a bad Drew Aller game. Nick Singleton, if you're a special football player, you don't need perfect running lanes. We talked about he's kind of a linear runner and he is very much kind of a train track sort of guy. If you're the dude, you break a tackle and you make a big play. And right now he's struggling to do that. You don't need every running lane to be perfect. Would you like that? Would that accentuate their abilities? Yes, but there's a couple of times where he gets one on one in the open field, and I appreciate his tenacity to to play through contact. but he he needs to be special. There He is not a special player despite special kit skills right now. And I don't think that's an unfair criticism to have of a guy. Who has um what was in this game? Three point yard, three point eight yards per carry. And without Catron Allen in the game, he was the lead back. He had the opportunity, he had a bunch of runs in the second half to to show us like he can be that guy. It's not that Catron Allen is siphoning off carries and we're just waiting. Like this is there is something wrong with the the translation of the talents of Penn State's five star players in their second year in the system into big plays. And I think that's the shortcut here. That is the shortcut, the, the shorthand version of five-star equals big plays on offense. And right now, their, their personality, these guys, is Drew Aller is super careful with the football. 55% completion percentage. Once again, did not put the ball in harm's way. But 189 yards and one touchdown. That's not That's not great. I said coming in this game, so I'm going to stick to it. Like, I expected explosive plays. Keandre Lambert Smith held up his end of the bargain, what I expected from him. He had some good routes today. He was very hard to cover. They just uh, they got him the ball four times for 86 yards, but not a lot of deep shots and opportunities. Now, there are, and this is another thing that, that I think Penn State fans have um, Decision making by the quarterback is different than play calling from the play caller. You might call a shot and you it might not be there. So the quarterback doesn't throw it, which is to say that they did call shots in the first half. But again, Northwestern was playing this soft off coverage. They faced another team that is playing this very, van- I wouldn't even say vanilla. It's just very secure. Uh Safety alignment off coverage. And Aller has taken those out routes. He's taken those out passes, the comeback routes, the sticks routes, They. um, Greg Pickle texted me during the game and said, is Penn State just running the same play over and over again? And part of it is if if there's a, and I don't know this for sure, but if there is a communication of an option on a play, so if we get before the snap, if it looks like we're discerning between two coverages and it's man coverage or it's tight and you go, you go. But if it's off coverage, break your route off, come back and we'll get the easy yards. And if teams keep giving Penn State that, they're going to keep taking it. So yeah, kind of in a situation it is, it is the same play over and over again it's the it's the it's the route that Aller is choosing to throw and there are times where he I'm not gonna say he locks on to that because it is the right decision most of the time but when he chooses that decision pre-snap there's never the there's never the I okay, this isn't perfect. I'm not going to throw this and, and look and there's a couple of times I felt like Theo Johnson could have been open over the middle some of the players that um, we haven't heard from if you operate in the middle of the field i feel like that's not a great opportunity for you to see the football in this offense at this point so there's an evolution that has to happen i think drew aller i'm gonna call it after five games needs to be more aggressive and that is where we're gonna start with our bwi live post game show we'll get to your comments in just one second um homecoming is coming up and also michigan so if you want to go to those games now we're getting down to it right so we're almost halfway through the season There's only a limited number of home dates left. So, go to alumlodge.com. Alum Lodge is a premier, basically it's an Airbnb for Penn State fans in Happy Valley to come and stay in the best possible way. If you want to live like we live here in State College, and I mean that in uh, literally a house and not somebody's apartment and not a room in a place, check out alumlodge.com. I just love showing these, uh, I love, I love, like I love looking at Zillow, it's one of my hobbies. So I wanna show you a Lum Lodge because they show you the inside of these houses and I'm super curious. They're really nice places. So let's take a look at one of them and you could stay here. One of my favorite to look at is this horse ranch out in Belfon. You could stay here. Play cornhole, have a campfire, then go to the game the next day with alumlodge.com and use promo code BWI for 10% off your first booking. Thanks again to alumlodge.com for being a sponsor of the show. Let's get to David Greeter. Balanced play calling, but no creativity or complimentary play calling. You have to use the middle of the field and throw deep to keep defenses guessing. Mike Yursich is way too pedestrian. It's bad. David, I agree, but I just don't know that it is Mike Yursich. Because we saw him also dial up a beautiful touchdown with Bo Prabula and, and Trey Potts. So to say that it's not working is, to, is, is somewhat incorrect. It's just somewhat incorrect that the trigger man has a responsibility here. And that's what I've been hammering home uh, through the first part of the show. If you're here, we've got a, a great crowd for a Northwestern game. I think the frustration has something to do with that. I was expecting a much sleepier um, uh, day to start the day. So thank you for being here. Just want to say that first and foremost thank you so much for being here but uh we do not play down to our competition here on the bwi live show so every single post game show is going to bring you the same energy and intensity and we hope you bring the same energy intensity as well like the video tell your friends about us we're talking about the game here immediately afterwards it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper We have seen Penn State do well with explosive plays in the past. This year, nothing. O line not opening clean holes. Mike Gersich play calling in. Drew Aller and wide receivers not on their A game. We need explosive plays to beat Ohio State and Michigan. Um, I was looking a little bit at Ohio State. I'm not sure they're elite at explosive plays just yet. I'm not trying to push back on the fact that you're correct. If if this team, if this team, could create explosive plays. I would say they are the clear favorite between Ohio State and Penn State, given how the defense is played. And I understand it's not against the same competition. Penn State hasn't played in Notre Dame, right? So that's unfair to say that. But what we've seen from this team of improving in the areas they need to improve, gap accountability by the defense. We haven't even talked 16 minutes in we haven't talked about another historic performance for the Penn State defense because of the offense. Uh, but that's where we're going to sit here for the postgame show is a lot on the offense. We will get to the defense because a lot of the areas that we called for in the po- in the pregame show and earlier this week about areas of improvement absolutely nailed it across the board for Penn State football uh, on the defensive side. But with the offense, um, if they were explosive, they would make you feel like this is a team that is complete. So, Crypto Ducat, I agree with you. Um, but that's for a clear and obvious victory, I think, for Penn State, if they put all of that on film, which everyone that's a Penn State fan, that's what you want. You want the clear and obvious. You don't want the ambiguity of this t- this defense having to save the offense and have these grind fests. Um, but they have been good. Again, the middle eight was good for Penn State again. They got a touchdown, half touchdown. So they they are able to make adjustments during the game. But I would agree necessary. I don't want to say that mike yurcich is the issue i think there are some things where everyone wants to have better uh play calls um they are calling so let, let me let me give you one situation that i think might lean into your comment um and this is i the best thing i can do is just give you my observations based off of uh the the play on the field and and what i noticed that's being called. And one of the biggest problems here is you don't see what the safeties are doing. Like I was trying to watch during this game and the broadcast gives you like this of what's going on in football. So if you can't see the secondary, you don't know what the coverage is. So you don't know what the routes into that coverage and how that part of the game is playing out. We will have that on T Frank's film room at bluewhiteillustrated.com over the next couple of days. I might stretch it out a little bit because we're in a bye week and I need to take a breath myself. But it's coming up this week and we'll get into that particular part. One area I can tell you Penn State went to their big play-action elements again, meaning they brought a tight end into block, another tight end into block, and then a running back to block. So you have three of your five eligible receivers blocking. You're trying to create those big explosive play sets. That's classic football. Of we're uh, we're gonna keep everybody into block and we're gonna have two routes. Well, if those two routes are called into a soft cover four, there's there's nothing on that side of the field. There's no viable route. So Drew Eller has to check the ball down, or he has to throw it away, or something else has to happen on that play. And the play in particular, you leave all those guys into block, and then Tyler Warren allows a pressure because you left him into block, and it wasn't Caden Wallace. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in that situation, and that's, a, that's part of the play calling of, okay, they tried. It's not like they didn't try different things. And that's another part I want to get to here, where... One of, the, one of the ways that teams attacked this Northwestern defense was both condensed formations and spread to run. Penn State got a great look at a spread to run call where they had Nick Singleton between the tackles and there were only five guys in the box. You got to make a play. There was a, there was a hole, there was a run lane. The guy uncovers late, but like I, I don't want to be part of the no-excuse crowd, but... That's Minnesota's running backs made plays there. They made guys miss, and they got explosive runs. Penn State has struggled to get, make guys miss. There's going to be contact at the line of scrimmage. So there's one thing I would disagree with some of the commentaries. There's going to be contact at the line of scrimmage in college football because offensive linemen and line groups in general, these aren't professionals. They may be talented. I may think that Hunter Norzad and J.B. Nelson were doing a great job early in the game. Shout out to Olufushanu, who's had a... Massive improvement in his run blocking, but five guys across the board on every single play—you are gonna get contact at the line of scrimmage, and that's again going back to you gotta call on your stars to be stars. If Nick Singleton, and you know I I like Nick, I think he is super intense and wants to be great. You can see his visible frustration, but at some point you gotta let go. You gotta just play with some freedom, and I feel like the running game specifically is just this clenched fist. Like, it wants to be so good. And some, that's, the, that's the beauty of what Catron Allen brings to the field, is he is so loose. And he's a, he has the ability to be bouncy and to be free-flowing. And when he's not in there, you have this very rigid running game. And you need to make some dudes miss. And that's really what it is. And James Franklin talked about it, to get an explosive play, you need to make two guys miss sometimes. To get a good run, and you saw a couple of good runs, and I don't want to be so negative. There were some good runs here today from the Penn State offensive line, some domination reps. They got Nick Singleton clearly to the edge, and he was able to get 16 yards on an outside zone. But it's not the same, it's not the same uh, explosiveness that you want from what you're expecting of just you know ripping off these big runs time and time again. David back. He's got another one. Give Trey Potts the start. He's been much more explosive. Offensive staff needs to tell Drew to sling the ball and let stuff develop. Thank you for editing yourself. Um, I'll edit further for our YouTube crowd. If you're watching this on uh, you on YouTube, if you don't know all of your vowels, just kids cover your eyes. If we have got, I don't know if we have kids that watch the show or not. <laughs> I know it's like 89% dudes that like football, but I'd love this to be for everybody. So, D- David, I appreciate the donation. I, I appreciate you editing yourself so that I don't have to pull that down. Uh, Brett says, Drew Aller playing not to lose. Feel like there's a mix of not wanting to make a mistake and not fully trusting the wide receivers on the 50-50 balls. Dante Cephas had another drop on top of some of the miscommunications, so I agree with you. This is, this is no secret. James Franklin's talked about this in the consistency, and once again, Trey Wallace was available. I didn't see him. Uh, did anyone else see him during the game? Like, I, there was no noticeable Trey Wallace out there for me. So, he was questionable coming into the game. Um, and that is your your number two receiver that you haven't had. And you haven't had a number three. So, guard, you had all kinds of depth. Now, we'll find out. And receiver, you had all kinds of depth that wasn't sorting itself out. It seems like Dante Cephas is sorting himself into the starting lineup, but he's making mistakes as he's doing it. So there is a lot uh, of stuff to get to. David is back again. David, you said uh, appreciate. You. I think you're having. Uh, I think you're having a day here. Mike such has to call a game plan with a specific game plan. Uh, it's been and here we go. I just give you credit for not doing this. It's been the same. Uh, it's been the same stuff every call. It's horrible. We aren't attacking mismatches. We couldn't get runs on a terrible D. Throw the damn ball. I would say that they did get some zone mismatches against receivers, but yeah, if you're asking for the wizardry, Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan. Maybe we're not going to ever get that from Mike Yersich, but I think that there's enough good stuff here that I, I'm not throwing. This game makes you feel like we're throwing everything out. Like, Nick Singleton's not starting. Mike Yersich needs to be fired. It's not, it's not that. It's never that. You never need to go that far. Um, I think there's been some conversation of... Uh, as, and to point to, David, to David's point here, I think, is... Um, is Nelson injured? So this is a great question. I'm going to get sidetracked by this. I went through the entire drive and watched the replay of J.B. Nelson and what happened and I watched every single play before he was carted off and I didn't see anything he finished the drive on his feet literally I think it was in pass protection because then there was a field goal or an extra point I checked for him on the extra point I don't think he plays on special teams on on the field goal unit so I you you aren't carted off for no reason if you are carted off there's a reason so he is injured, but we have no idea, and I didn't get any clues from what happened. If if he was injured to the point that he was carted off, he played through it for a drive maybe, or at least a couple of plays. So that is, um, that's for sure. West Shaw also donates to the channel, appreciates Wes. This team gets blown out in the games that matter, right? No. No, because of the Penn State defense. So, not blown out. Will they lose a game? Let's... Take a step back from the cliff, and let's say, blown out, there's always a possibility of anything happening. Penn State could blow out both of Michigan and Ohio State. That could happen. That's in the realm of possibilities in an infinite universe. Is it possible that they get blown out? Yeah, it's possible. Um, Is it more likely that they play tight games and lose? Yeah. Yeah. And let's get to this. I, I think I'm derelicting my duty. We have Larry is always very serious about making sure he gets to his questions, so I'll get to that first. Um, oh, my goodness. You guys have been active in the chat. I apologize. Northwestern played with confidence, made those plays when they were in position. Penn State seemed uninterested offensively. Aller or isn't their issue? Seems like a miscommunication happening with shuffling wide receivers. Yes and no. I would agree that he is not the the only issue. Absolutely not the only issue. Um, and I think he's right to credit Northwestern making those plays today. One of their problems, one of Northwestern's problems, was busted run gaps. Huge mistakes that led to huge plays. And at least on a surface level, we'll have to go in and look at all the film, and again, T. Frank's film room, just a shameless plug for you to join bluewhiteillustrated.com so you get the full stuff of, oh no, here's here's what I should have said on the postgame show. Um, at least on a surface level, there was nothing evident of oh that was a bad thing that they missed there were some opportunities for big holes that closed and then you understand why the play happened but i don't think penn state necessarily turned down huge opportunities so let's pull up the penn state defense and let's look at what they did today get back to your questions and your comments and your super chats in just a second so this defense was awesome We said before the game, Ben Bryant is a good quarterback. He's going to get some plays. You're not going to keep every offense down completely. They still allowed less than 200 yards. So that's an awesome day. But Penn State had not been playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage the way that we had said Manny Diaz wants them to and the way that they're capable of of doing. 12 tackles for loss. Their average was six. So they doubled that coming into this game. That's impressive. Um, 44 solo tackles. You know, again, in a game where they they forced so many three and outs, they're spreading the love around. Nobody's dominating in tackles. K.J. Winston had a great game, five tackles in all. Um, Zane Durant with a sack. Kobe King with a sack. uh, Deny Dennis Sutton. I mean, if you're watching here on the YouTube channel, you can see all of the sacks, six sacks and six quarterback hits. So when you factor in all of those plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage, this is what you were expecting. This is a unit, and we didn't even talk about Cam Porter being a good running back in this game. He's a decent running back, but there's never anywhere for him to run. Um, And that's really what happened here, is they were able to get in the backfield. Their ability to create negative plays through their stunting and their slanting and being in gaps and attacking downhill. I think that that uh, that was a major thing today. Zane Durant with three tackles for a loss. This is what we were looking for in terms of the next step. Guys in the middle forcing the issue and Zane Durant today forced the issue against this particular team Uh, and that's great that's a sign of life Kobe King give a shout out to Aeneas Hawkins on on the tailgate show he said the guys in the middle they need to do this and you look at that five tackles for a loss coming between linebacker the Mike linebacker and a defensive tackle let's see just roll down this quickly who else uh, from that group Um, because I Izzard with a half a tackle for a loss so Out of that total, almost half of it coming from guys in the middle. That's what you wanted in this game, so you got it from the defense. If we're looking for areas of growth and positive signs, even within these dominant performances, that's one of them. The six sacks, they speak for themselves. So just a shutdown shutdown unit. This is going to be another area where when we look at the advanced metrics, I'm scared for Northwestern of what is the win percentage. How many times did this defensive line win in obvious passing situations or in just general passing situations. I think Adisa Isaac got a pressure on an RPO, which is basically like saying he tackled the quarterback at the snap. Like there was, there was catch snap, tackle sack is, is how I think one of them was at least one of those pressures or quarterback hits. Crypto Ducat says you are correct. Penn State needs to pay Manides anything he wants. Sorry, I didn't mention how elite they are. Yeah. So this defense has been very good. Very, very good. But Let's take some, also some negatives, and not necessarily some negatives, but some, some doses of reality. I'm going to take a quick sip of reality here. Give me a second. Thank you. So our quick sip of reality brought to you by, oh, I should have had my bird dog's tumbler. Um, they gave up some passes today in one on one. That's the goal of this defense: is to shut down the passing game. And so in single coverage, like you might see, Kalen King, uh, once again, didn't get a lot of work, didn't get a lot of plays in in coverage. Um, They will give up more of those against Ohio State. They'll give up more of those against Roman Wilson and JJ McCarthy. It's not gonna be this all year, but against (laughs) all of the bad teams it is, against all of the teams that can't win those one-on-ones. And again, it wasn't like these were wide-open plays. Uh, Northwestern's receivers, they're pretty good at getting those uh, contested catch situations. They're feisty. This is another part of the team that's just feisty. So they won a couple. Penn State won a couple. They were able to get, excuse me, 13 points in the game. That the, that reality came back up on me in a second, just there for a second. So, um, yes, yes if you're looking for how is Penn State going to lose in the future, if you're looking for the, the crumbs and the clues of destruction in the future, it's going to be those one-on-one opportunities. They're not going to change. They're not going to flinch against Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, whoever else they're running out there at Ohio State. So we'll get in, and that's the whole point, though, is we'll get into those matchups when they come. I'm going to do a little bi-week advanced scouting to look at Ohio State and say, okay, is the boogeyman for real? what's going on there and uh penn state they got to play their best in that game and they've played really good so far so their best is clearly going to be on par barring massive breakdowns in what we've seen with uh you know what happens in the future so david greeter had this up he says that's exactly my point t frank that's trash play calling uh he's doing it over and over run 11 of 10 personnel throw the ball stop bringing titans in the block that's on mike your um I'll let you st- I'll let it stand. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm not going to rebut it. I'm not going to I it. That's, that's a fair criticism of um, the offense is not clicking. The offensive scheme currently is not elevating the struggling pieces. So I think you, I think that's a great way to put that. The, currently, they are not elevating their pieces with wide-open play calls. They've had some good ones. Timely play calling that gets touchdowns. And again, we've broken those down on the site. But you're right. In 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 terms of getting those big plays from the 50 and generating big looks, yeah, they're kind of running their same stuff. And I think that's a fair criticism that um, they aren't scheming things up. And the question then becomes, is that Mike Yersich, is that a program-wide decision? James Franklin has said previously, and this has been a running undercurrent don't get bored with the plays that are working james franklin has also talked about going back to things that you practice and things that work and not trying to install and get too creative and do too much so i'm going to leave it an open-ended question of how that dynamic works i don't know probably should ask that maybe should ask that next week during a press conference um of course it's a bye week We'll have a chance to talk to Mike Yersich. Steven Light says Singleton seems to run straight and whatever defender is in front of him. Yes. And for those people looking or listening on the on the podcast, it's a shrug emoji in his comment, and that's exactly right. He that's 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 it. Yes. He's gonna run over that guy. He's gonna make that guy in train into uh, you know, don't stop in front of trains. But the problem is the train is derailed. It's not like the train keeps going. Um, got some more ch- comments here in the chat KJ Johnson shout out to the defense for doing what they are supposed to do against lesser teams an elite unit that was huge after the opening kickoff fumble yeah it was textbook so KJ KJ uh, brings up a great point here talking about the sudden change and Penn State's response to it because we talk about gap responsibility we talk about playing your uh, situation correctly and on that first On that first run, it was textbook. They slant their defensive line. They get guys in gaps, so your linebackers get a free shoulder to just kind of dip under, and you funnel the running back to the unblocked player, who was K.J. Winston, dropping down, playing basically the will, like dropping down and playing the will on that play where he is an extra linebacker in the box. So he gets down in there, plays just like a linebacker, and gets a tackle, setting up another third and long, and then a great call by Manny Diaz to show pressure, not go to pressure, and then rally and tackle uh, on that screen. And that was really one of the chess matches that worked this today, of Penn State showing the pressure, dropping out of it, and being able to bail to those screens, not playing one-on-one, but having a, a couple of times, I think it was cover two, because Kalen King attacked it really hard and was able to break up the, the play before it really had a chance to go anywhere. So a good play calling, good play design, They'll give up some of those against the teams later in the future, but uh, today, they put it on film that it it worked. And there was a couple of times, again, they were able to get pressure up the middle in the A-gap, chop Robinson, taking one for the team, basically getting a double team, being the nose tackle, and getting Adisa Isaac free for a play that you won't know it, you won't know it, is a throwaway, but great pressure because Adisa Isaac ran that hoop, kept his uh, stunt really tight, Got up the A-gap, put pressure in the face of Ben Bryant who had to throw the ball away. Another thing I want to get to today, one of those hidden plays. Northwestern was trying to target Penn State's linebackers. At least part of their game plan was targeting Penn State's linebackers. Wheel routes, go routes, getting uh, Abdul Carter and and, uh, um, Tyler Elsden. And even Kobe King, one-on-one with the running back with Cam Porter. Kobe King played a great game today and i wasn't even going to start with him but it just kind of led me into that point kobe king has been guessing a little bit so far this year there have been times where i felt like he hasn't been dialed into the play and he has been trying to make a play instead of being calm being alert and playing with anticipation playing ahead of the offense today that was what he did we again we called this out bluewhiteillustrated.com on t frank's film room One of the things that we saw in the game against Iowa, he was late, bad angle on a running back. We see it again. Bam. That was something that Northwestern saw, and they tried to attack. It did not work. Tackles in the backfield, tackles for loss. And the point I was going to make originally, same thing with Abdul Carter. He's turning into a really good coverage linebacker against uh, tight ends and, and guys in single coverage. I think the the zone instincts are still developing. He's doing a good job. Hasn't been targeted a whole lot to even make that matter. But um, his ability to play in man coverage and to not get picked, be in position. There was a wheel route to one of the tight ends that they tried to set up with some motions and then, you know, a jet motion where he's coming through and then going up the sideline. Abdul Carter sat on top of it. So the guy was forced to break off, come back, and Ben Bryant threw it wild out of bounds because they're wasn't what he expected because Abdul Carter killed the play before it had an opportunity to even happen. So shout out to those guys for good coverage and good play in those particular situations. Sam Nabel says, seems like a great time to have a bye week. (laughs) Lots to be excited about even on offense. Do you think there'll be more to unlock on offense in the next half? I do. So I think David, you know, David has a point, and this goes into the next thing. Penn State needs Oklahoma State Mike Yersich. That's why he was hired. Not awful to expect that T Frank. That's what needs uh, that what he needs to be. It hasn't been. Period. I think in the passing game. See, see, David. This is the this is the thing. Is like that is Oklahoma State Mike Yersich, but it's the it, It's Big Twelve defenses. A lot of this stuff was vertical meaning they're running vertical routes to attack soft coverages and try to run by them because, for the most part, there aren't a whole lot of Big Ten defensive ends and defensive tackles in the Big 12. You'll have your Oklahomas. You'll have a couple of guys crop up here and there that are good pass rushers that go on to play in the NFL, so I'm not trying to make a blanket statement. But generally, they play soft coverages that you try to attack deep, and you do that by stressing teams vertically trying to get a safety on a slot receiver trying to get james washington on a go route because he's a good contested catch player uh in one-on-one coverage you run enough guys vertical against a quarters defense it becomes man-on-man coverage it becomes single coverage down the field so that's mike yursich that's what he does like he those vertical routes i think he's adapted and evolved a little bit and gone done a little bit more they do more crossing routes they do more full field things but if you're looking for air raid mike yursich like that's not coming back at penn state i don't think that's going to be a part of what we see um west <laughs> west sh- Wes says he's ready to jump i hopefully i did keep you away from the edge here um uh west i hope i hope that's what you're referring to If like let's come back from the edge i hope i, I talked you off the ledge Jamie Hamlet says, seems like man coverage might be our passing game's worst nightmare. Seemed like our receivers struggled mostly, most of the day to get separation. Is it accurate? Yes. You know, if we go off of what David just said of wanting Oklahoma State Mike Yersich, and we're talking about those deep plays, and it's off coverage a lot. It's not a lot of man coverage. But they're ru- if you run through that zone, you got to find a way to get open. Um, but yes, I do think that if you singled these guys up and you played – them one-on-one keandre lambert smith i i trust him to win some i would trust tyler warren to catch and break a tackle as long as he catches the football but beyond those options do you think penn state has a ton of options if you double any of those guys you take away the first read or keandre lambert smith slips on a play do you have the horses elsewhere to to get open i'm not sure I, it's better than last year, so I just want to say it's better than last year in single coverage. But they've been seeing a lot of this soft stuff. They've been seeing a lot of these teams. That's what we covered on the Friday show here on the YouTube channel. Is like they've seen so many of these quarters defenses, Westford, West Virginia, Iowa. Delaware played five safeties deep, like the five deep defenders at times. They played these quarters defenses with a middle hole defender in the middle of it, which means there's five guys. That's basically prevent. And that was part of their base packages. So teams have said, you know, we know Mike Yurcich, we know James Franklin. We know you want to get explosive plays. We're going to have your quarterback. We are going to say like your best option here is to dink and dunk and make him make good decisions. And so far he's done that. But they've got to break this. They've got to tell teams, eh, you can't do that anymore. And they have not found the formula so far to make that happen. Um, Blue Jay says Singleton looks out of shape and slow. He's not out of shape. I can, I can promise you, having seen him in person, like, and that's not what, that's not like, uh, you know, that's one of those things you have to do in person sometimes is get an assessment. Nick Singleton is in great shape, but I will agree That there seems there is something different about him this year. I don't know what it is. I don't really want to say. I don't want to guess. But I do think Blue Jay has a point here of like, there is something to Nick Singleton looking a little bit off, not even just from his vision, but also from the way he's playing the game. Um, appreciate everybody in the chat, by the way. I want to get to some people here and, and not just go magpie and do the easy thing. Singleton fumbling the cuff kickoff was not a good look for him the way he's struggling to run the ball. However, I like him as a receiver. Yeah, he's doing great. <laughs> as a receiver? Six catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Long of 16, 38 yards after the catch. Doing everything he needs to as a receiver. Coming into the year, that was the thing. I was like, I watched him work on that this offseason, and there were times I was like, that's ugly. That didn't look good. So this is, a, this is a humongous reversal from him. So give him credit for working on that and making sure that he is you know, able to be a multidimensional threat within the offense. I think it's been great, and it's something that fans called for all offseason of get the running backs more involved in the passing game. And again, that comes down to the quarterback a little bit. The function of this quarterback is check it down. He checks the ball down. Drew, uh, Sean Clifford never saw a deep route he wanted to pass up. You had to beg him to check the ball down. And when he checked the ball down in a game, then you got something else on the Sean Clifford roulette where you didn't know what it was going to be. So it is very much like... uh, you want to have it all, right? So you want to have the quarterback that bombs away, aggressive over the middle of the field, and hitting guys up the seam, and and you know playing like a veteran quarterback. And you also want to be safe and responsible with the football. It is a very fine line for a first year starter to to figure out. Uh, assuming, assuming. So Pete Anthon says PSU line of scrimmage uh, play on the O was not good. So our run uh, game was weak against Big Ten's worst run D. That's what I'm going to catch. Uh, that's what is going to catch up with us. Pete it's uh yeah. Yes, they're they're yes. Guys slipping blocks late and somebody in the chat said it earlier um that it was that it was grinding the block out, you know like sustaining the block. That is what they were missing. But if you want to read it that way of play at the line of scrimmage wasn't good then yeah like guys getting out of blocks late to get out an arm or to get a tackle or to get a hand on the running back which trips him up so he can't set up a a, a move on a guy in space yes but i also want to point out and I, I threw this again this is the reason you want to go to the blueillustrated.com be a part of the in game thread because it's like this chat but it happens all game so you got like minded people who are you know the world's on fire um, i try to do some like in game analysis And I clipped clipped a play that if you go and you check out the thread, you know, there's massive push downfield from the double teams on an outside zone. Singleton gets eight yards, but he's tripped up and doesn't get to finish the play for a touchdown. And that's, this is what I'm talking about. Of like They are so close at times to making all of this conversation. Like we're talking about something completely different. But they just, they can't, get it through. They can't make it happen. I saw Lucy's mustache somewhere. Um late to the party, but how about that pop from Durant's sack? Yes. Um the play especially too about this uh about this um sack. And you never want anyone to get injured. Ben Bryant's shoulder looked like that was a that didn't look good. That's the that's the play in the NFL that gets a flag, right? Where you you land on the guy. He it was a play action fake and he dipped it was a beautiful play. That's how you're supposed to do it. He came out low. He dipped his shoulder. He got scot free through so that the blocker didn't even touch him on the play-action fake, and bam, immediate pressure and sack. So that was, in fact, a great play by Zane Durant, and great teaching. That's another one of those areas where you got to have players to do it. You can teach it right, and you got to have players that can do it and then actually do it during the play. But Deion Barnes is a great coach. I've, I've watched him up close, and seen his attention to detail and he is very quick like it i don't see things the same way obviously but like even in my own profession i would be like okay I i have to take a second to see what's going on what you're doing wrong how did we fix it he is immediate like hey you need to have your hand here your placement has to be you know your body placement you want to be this way you want to get low dip this shoulder move your hips flip them to all the little technical details his ability to rel- relate that information. Aeneas and I talked it on talked about it on the Tailgate Show, which, by the way, you can go check out um, both on the YouTube channel f- if you're feeling like you want to relive the Tailgate Show. I don't know. I mean, just a bonus plug there. Showtime's back. Showtime, one of our regulars from last season. Good afternoon. No, I'm late, but uh, uh, late. So what did we come up with with the young QB struggling? Also, is there something wrong with Singleton? Potts, best back on the field for today for me. Thanks for everything. Broken tackles. Showtime. And this is something that we should I should have underscored in the in the relief between the two. Trey Potts does not have the same physical explosive talent, the same long stride, the same power generation through the ground as Nick Singleton. But his contact balance is excellent. So you touch his meaty thigh and he runs right through it. He's not he's not playing around. Like that's the part of like being a big 10 back isn't always just about lowering your shoulder and it's about power through contact and balance and Nick Singleton like the balance and the ability to maintain momentum and stride through contact seems to be the issue so when you put Trey Potts in there you get him one-on-one with the safety and he makes that guy miss and then you get a touchdown you're not getting that uh, routinely with these guys Nick Singleton has done it before he did it last year we've seen it happen but there is something there's something in the way of it happening right now and i don't know whether it's confidence Talk to curtis jacobs talked to anise hawkins about this guys that have played and confidence is like the number one thing that you could say so showtime I want to put this back up here because you, you don't need a good healthy bit to the channel thank you so much um yeah confidence so ted says t frank average non-explosive offense with elite defense I want to say this too, Penn State is going to be tested later in the year and we will find out what they are, right? We'll find out if this defensive line has indeed improved to the point that they can hold up for four quarters against Ohio State and Michigan. I will say this, if the game script from today plays out against Michigan, you will not get the same result. Where the defense is on the field quite a bit and they're forcing three and out. So I'm gonna just I haven't even one of the things I like to do is look at the drive chart to kind of see like order in my head how things went. Um, if they're out there, one, two, three, f- oh, the second quarter was bad Two, four drives in the second quarter, and they allow seven points. That is not gonna happen against Michigan. They're gonna get more points in that quarter. So that might be Penn State is trailing seventeen to ten at halftime. So that's the differences here. It's not going to be 38. Is it seven? Do they allow one more drive where they give up a field goal or they give up a touchdown? Because, you know, one 10 drive play for 59 yards and a touchdown, and then three and out, three and out, three and out. And in those three and outs, they gave up negative six yards. They're going to fight in these games. So does the elite defense, how elite is this defense? Because the elements of it that are working are working at, astronomical proportions like this doesn't happen if you're if your defense is not firing on all cind- cylinders in the past game especially their pressure their avalanche of players you can't do anything against this team uh, kind of like we saw Caden Walsh gave up some plays today and somebody on Twitter called me out for not uh, number 43 the defensive end uh, not saying that he is a pass rusher that has some talent I I yeah I saw him in a lot of run situations so I kind of discredited him, but he is a situational pass rusher that gave Caden Walsh some problems today. Penn State got pressure. So, um <laughs> oh, this is so bad looking at this drive chart. I just let's go through this again so you can see what distracted me because again, this is this is the nutty stuff that Penn State's defense is doing. So we're looking over here on this side of the t- I apologize this isn't super Let me see if I can get this a little bit bigger. I'll pull this down. Okay. So, after the touchdown drive, Penn State gives up a three and out for negative three yards, a three and out for negative four yards, three for one yard, four plays, which I think there might have been a false start or a penalty in here, um, and then a turn, then turnover on downs, turnover on downs, on a fourth down fake on the punt. Spe- that's speechless football. That is speechless. And then to come back with a late interception because you – Once again, they've gone, is this three straight games or four straight games where they forced the backup quarterback into the game? I'm not saying that everyone loves the fact that the guy was injured today, but they forced the the backup quarterback into the game multiple times. Sometimes in the third quarter, Crypto Ducat is back. Just watch Michigan break a third and one for 20-yard touchdown. Penn State not doing that all year. Nebraska on par with Northwestern, maybe a bit better, especially on D. Yeah. Yeah, they've been more explosive in their run game. So I haven't seen the play, but this is something I was thinking about watching some of these plays that Penn State isn't getting that other teams are. Third and one, and we saw this last year from Penn State, it's kind of like, and actually it is functionally cover zero. If you're selling out to stop the run, there's nobody deep. So if you break a tackle at the line of scrimmage, or you get great blocking at the line of scrimmage, those are possible. Right now, Penn State is not getting great blocking. They're getting good enough blocking to grind out these victories. And they're not getting great play from the running backs to break those tackles and get those explosive runs for touchdowns. So, yes, they need to improve that area. Absolutely. But that is the difference that we're talking about here. Is It is, you know, football's game of inches, cliche, cliche. Um, that's, that's the difference is in those situations. Low-key, I said this, I think Penn State misses Bryce Effner. One of the biggest engines of the T formation was they had Bryce Effner, who was not the biggest guy in the world, but for some reason, he could move dudes. He could blow people off the line of scrimmage. Caden Wallace is strong. Caden Wallace gets good movement, but they haven't had some TKOs in, in the T formation. And teams are doing interesting things where now they're spreading out and trying to you know basically put a hard edge on the on the t formation that's why you're seeing by the way penn state quarterback sneak from like the five yard line because there's nobody in the a gap so they're thinking they're just going to get that push like they did last week because uh teams are so afraid of the team formation to the outside so now you have your 247 pound quarterback he needs to be more physical in that situation but i'm also not expecting him to be more physical in that situation um that's why they're it it feels like hubris, right? So it feels like, oh my gosh, they're sneaking from four yards out. They don't think they can stop this. Well, the numbers say run between the tackles. This is something we pointed out against Illinois, where they would put Jerzon Newton and basically bubble everything out and give you the inside, and Penn State didn't have a counter for it. The counter for that now is the quarterback sneak. So uh, what's the next iteration? Are they actually going to turn around and hand it off to Khalil Dinkins? Because that's the other thing. You go through the A-gap with a running back. Um... But that T formation, they are doing a bunch of different things out of it, but it is a short yardage situation. It is a short yardage package. You're not always going to get explosive plays. The other thing is Tyler Warren's doing a great job run blocking. This team misses Brenton Strange, the run blocker. It is just these, again, small percentages, certain situations. Penn State has struggled to run their, their, their pin and pull stuff, their pull plays, uh, because they can't set a hard edge. Tyler Warren did it today. They got some runs to the outside. So there there are some obvious holes, I think, when you look back to what this running game was last year to what it is now, even though, like, they're healthier, which I think is why you see, on average, they have these consistent games where they're grinding. I'm tired of saying grinding out. But, yeah, 39 carries for 134 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. David says, with a defense like ours, stop worrying about turning the ball over so much and take some damn shots. David, we hear you. We hear you. No... Scheme up some openings and let Aller loose. We hear you. I I'm with you. the internet is with you. So completely agree on on all of those. Ted says maybe have a spy on third and a mile. Okay, we're gonna take another uh, sip of truth juice. Yeah, the tackling today was not as good. Uh, it's <laughs> This is a coaching situation right so this is the this is the situation we always get into uh after a big 41 to 13 win and i'm sure james franklin is going to talk about team complementary football winning put grinding being consistent never giving up etc etc finding ways to win and pointing to the scoreboard about that was a good win he's also going to say to his team the things you guys are pointing out and he is going to say to the media in his opening notes some of the high level things he wants his team to improve upon after being 5-0 and and scoring 30 or more points in every single game so it is it is interesting like what side do you take in this in this conversation because it's both ways right they are they are 5-0 and they're going to be a top 10 team they're not going to drop in the rankings for beating northwestern no one's going to penalize them for this close law close win where it's not close. I mean, even in the regulation before the stat padding, and somebody said, "Shout out for the stat, uh, the the way to cover for." Um, I think it was DaQuan Hardy with the pick. There's things that need to improve and tackling in this game. Got a little bit loose. There's also the reality of what's called in that situation. So a couple of times, Penn State's defensive line, which was great in the game their rush lanes and contain against a guy like Ben Bryant, who is mobile, we said he's not a runner, he's a good scrambler, can get yardage and can get some chunk plays on your defense. That's what happened. Is the whole, It's the Sean Clifford cover one and run, right? And if you don't have your rush lanes correct, and you're playing cover two man, which I'm, I'm going to guess, I don't know, I'm going to take a wild guess here and say that's where the quarterback spy was. He was 15 yards deep because they were expecting the defensive line to have that on lockdown, and Adisa Isaac fell He slipped. So, bam, running lane, first down. Um, So, yeah, that is, I think some of it is a choice and some of it is tackling. And the tackling has to be better in those situations. But it's also funny. Like, I don't want to turn every comment on its head, but you can also then say... When Abdul Carter is your spy, why aren't you blitzing him? Why isn't Abdul Carter being used in, in the in the passing game like that? So, like, there are there are choices you have to make if you're a defensive coordinator. And they thought they were so overwhelming on defense. And by the way, they were that they didn't have to do some of the things that they'll have to do later in the year against JJ McCarthy for sure. Absolutely for certain, and we'll see what they try to do against Ohio State and what they feel like they need to do in those situations. Uh, Even Tali Valoa, not a scrambler necessarily, but he'll extend the play. We saw Abdul Carter great as a spy in that game. What's the plan? So there are multiple plans on the defensive side of the ball. So, Ted, yeah. (laughs) The third and a mile, they never make you feel good about it, do they, Ted? It's third and 20, and against, uh, who was it? Was it Iowa where they? The, no, it was uh, it was Illinois where they they almost gave up the first down because you got two corners on the backside on your contain, and uh, <laughs> they never make it like oh you feel great about third and twenty two. It's usually like hold your breath for the punt, uh, and a great play Zion Tracy again they shouted him out on the show so on the on the show on the broadcast so a uh, good play for him on that fourth down. Speaking of corners making some big. Uh, for for making a big play brian says you're a saint for putting up with so much whining brian i appreciate you saying so i always appreciate compliments i do think that there are legitimate criticisms coming out of this game i think it's legitimate that penn state is not explosive in their run game that is now their personality until they prove it otherwise it is not their personality to be explosive in the run game whatever it is there is not working david is right They're not attacking the middle of the field where David and I are disagreeing is that I don't think it's all Mike gear I, again, I drew up some plays, put them in the chat. I'm like, we never saw this 10 yard dig on the backside. Sorry. 10 yard in route on the backside from Dante Cephas, who based on what I saw in the play beat his dude. And that's like, if you throw the ball on time and on target and he's crossed the face of that defensive back, that's a first down. First off, if he breaks the tackle, that's an explosive play. So we don't really know if it was going to be an explosive play or not, or if he ran a great route because Drew Aller never gave it the... He never allowed it to have life. He never allowed the opportunity because he picked his receiver and he threw it, and he usually picks the short, safe completion throwing away from the middle of the field where there's stuff maybe he's not prepared for. That's a personality trait now. Drew Aller is a conservative quarterback until he proves otherwise. That doesn't mean he's bad. That means that his style of play... Is to take the easy stuff and to not take risks and i think quarterback coaches for the most part are going to like that are they going to like that when they need the big play i don't know that is that that is what david is saying get the big plays. i don't care and i'm going to put it on the highest authority possible so that it happens and i think they told drew dude let it rip because in the third quarter he let it rip a couple times and they didn't complete any but you know you got to take some shots to make some shots So Lambda says, I like our matchup against Ohio State. Lambda, I think it's a good matchup this year because Kyle McCord hasn't been great either. I have seen very little of Kyle McCord, but the first couple throws I saw, they weren't great. They didn't look like a guy that was in command and was this really dangerous quarterback that's going to do all the things Drew Aller isn't doing right now. So two first-year starters, it's a great opportunity to win that game. You know, We'll get into the matchups, we'll get into the defense, we'll get into all of the things that will go into that game when we get there. And by the way, we're going to get there next week, come hell or high water. I'm going to look at the Ohio State footage early, so I have a good opportunity to go in that game with some semblance of knowledge. But yes, I would say, looking at Ohio State, the way they played last year, the talent they have, and a new quarterback, some of these situations, I think... It's also a good matchup on the surface in some of the kind of high level things. So Penn State has an opportunity this year, even with the style of play they have now. because here's the other thing. If they play like so let's let's make this easy. They're playing like Michigan, who grinds on people, you know, even in bowling green, I think they had they struggled with, and they haven't put up points in bunches continually throughout the year. They've been similar to Penn State. So let's say Penn State is, is now Michigan this year. They're going to play ball control, if nothing else. They're going to keep the ball away from Ohio State. They are not going to be as aggressive, and I think they were trying to be more aggressive in this game, and that's another thing that I think you are allowed to be... um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted in the chat. Pete says, I know what happened. Uh, Iowa stole Penn State's uniforms and played offense in the first half. (laughs) I don't remember what I was saying at this point. that's a good one pete i (laughs) I mean uh i don't think it was that bad i don't think it was iowa bad but yeah there's (laughs) you know what i don't think we have a better walk off than pete let's all give pete let's give him credit for ending the show because i can't top that Uh, And we've covered most of the stuff here on the BWI live show. Thank you to everybody for showing up today. Um, Thank you to everybody in the chat. I want to everyone who donated Uh, David again. I said you are my co-host you in the chat. So please help me out today. And David the back and forth was excellent. Um, I think we made some progress here in terms of what's going on with the Penn State passing attack. We can always be gentlemen and shake hands at the end. And I thank everybody for being here. And like I said, I'm going to say this once again. We're going to have a week off and it's gonna get a little sleepy against UMass. Don't check out until the Ohio State game. Be here with me because once again, like I said, I'm not taking the day off. I'm an internally motivated individual. We are gonna be giving you excellent X's and O's breakdown of UMass (laughs) for, for, for the home game. Or we'll talk about all the things that went wrong, which is usually how it goes, but we'll have the same energy. We'll have the same intensity and focus for that game as we will for Ohio State. So please come back and have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. We'll be back on Monday to talk about all of this stuff and more on the BWI Live show. Once again, James Franklin's press conference is probably already up on the YouTube channel. So if you're turning me off right now while I'm doing my post-game goodbyes, I totally understand. Go listen to James Franklin on our YouTube channel and make sure you know what the head man said uh, about the game against Northwestern. That's where we are. They just beat Northwestern. 41-13, in fact. I'll talk to you later.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament.